This is the Nun Report. I'm Dan Nunn. This is where we talk truth, freedom, and a little bit of weirdness on an almost daily basis. Today is Wednesday, January 11th. What if I were to tell you that there is a extremely safe, extremely effective, and readily available and inexpensive treatment for COVID? And then what if I went even further and said that it's always been there. That, in fact, it was promoted by medical doctors, renowned, respected medical doctors, as far back as early in 2020, that even though they were promoting it, even though that it showed effectiveness in other countries, even though there were clinical trials conducted that showed it was effective, that Dr. Fauci and the FDA decided to recommend against it anyway. In fact, not only did they recommend against it, they made it a political hot potato and the media jumped right on it to discredit it, to make people out who were promoting it, doctors, respected, renowned doctors, as some sort of whack jobs, as quacks, as conspiracy theorists, that people who wanted to use it were endangering themselves and others. That even though it had been around since 1987, with over 3 billion doses administered safely, with very little side effect, if any, that getting an experimental vaccine was more important. Well, that's what I'm going to tell you today. And these are things that I've believed since the beginning. These are things that I've researched, things that I have done a lot of study into outside of the government. I don't just believe what the government tells me. Anybody who doesn't question their government, I question you. But I had a personal experience because, you see, I just recently had COVID. It was a pretty nasty case of COVID. Now, some of you are COVID deniers that watch this show. I get it. Oh, there's no such thing. It's just a bad cold. It's a flu. To some extent, you're correct. It is much like a bad cold or a flu or a combination thereof. It is much like that. But it is, in fact, a real thing. The COVID-19 virus, the SARS-3 is, is a real thing. It is diagnosable. It is, you put it under a microscope, it has definite characteristics. It's differentiated and separated from the common cold or from other types of flus, Okay. So I had it, and fortunately, fortunately, I had a little bit of foresight, and I had some ivermectin on hand. I had uh, quite a bit of it on hand, enough for myself and my wife, because we both came down with it. And those first couple of days were pretty, pretty bad. We weren't sure it was COVID. We thought, you know, well, we've got a flu. There's a bad flu going around. We have a flu. We had a home test sitting around, so we went ahead and took it. It's not like we were, we're not test. I don't believe in going out and testing every time you feel sick. I believe that in, you just do what you always do, and that's you stay away from people. You don't go out when you're sick, right? So you don't make others sick. That's common sense. We've been doing that for our entire lives. But we had home tests sitting around, so we went ahead and took it. And uh, sure enough, man, it was COVID positive. 
doesn't surprise me. I mean, it's, it's going around. There's a, there's a variant that's going around that's pretty prolific. It's not necessarily harmful unless you have, uh, you know, unless high morbidity factor. And, you know, if you're overweight or you have other things going on with you that make you not healthy. So we started taking ivermectin. Now, we'd already been taking a, a protocol of vitamins, including zinc, quercetin, things like that. NAS, things that are, you know, for your, for your uh, bronchial and cardio in your stomach, things that are prescribed by, uh, as a protocol by naturopaths, which is where our case, ours came from. We also took, according, according to uh, recommendation of, of Frontline Critical Care Alliance doctors, uh, some ivermectin that we had on hand and in the doses that they recommended, which are extremely high. That first day, I could barely talk. I was coughing. I was hacking up phlegm like crazy. My nose was running constantly. I took that first dose of ivermectin. The very next day, I was 50% better. That'd be day three since symptom onset. Continued the, the recommended protocol for five days. 30 milligrams a day for five days. And it got better each day. By day three, it was pretty much, it was gone. I continued for the next couple of days. And, and it was better. And I credit ivermectin for the quick recovery. Would I have recovered anyway? I'm nearly 100% positive, yes. Absolutely. I'm a healthy man. I exercise. I eat right. I don't have any underlying health conditions. But I believe, and I'm certain, I know my body pretty well. I'm pretty in tune with it. That it did help me recover quickly and much faster than it would have. Instead of dragging on for you know, a week or more, it was gone in a few days. In fact, like I said, the very first day I took the dose of ivermectin, the very next day, symptoms were 50% less. I could talk again. I wasn't coughing up as much phlegm. My throat didn't hurt constantly. And the fever was gone, by the way. So ivermectin is something that's been around since 1987. It's been proven effective not only for parasitic purposes and worms and that sort of thing, but also for a number of viruses over the last 10 years. But that's not what people will say. When I first came out and said I had COVID and, and went out, I mean, of course, I got all the people on, on Facebook, Leo Wright, man, this guy's really bright, about as bright as a box of rocks. Well, that should get rid of your parasites, he said. What could go wrong? And what does the FDA know about illness? They act like experts. Of course, he's being sarcastic, trying to be funny. Well, the FDA is a government organization. So this person obviously trusts the government. He did everything they told him to do. He put on a mask. He social distanced. He walked down the grocery store aisles in the directions of the arrows. He didn't go out anywhere. He let the government take away two years of his life. And, and I told him, I said, man, funny part is you're the same guy that was calling ivermectin horse paste at least now you admit that it cures parasite infections so without too much more ado i'm going to go in i'm going to use a video that is is uh, it, it was done by uh for epoch by by frontline critical care alliance uh, a lot of experts have excerpts of it i'm not going to play the whole thing outright obviously and then i have a few other videos as well but you know the thing is they cooked the books on this just like they did everything else they cooked the books on how effective ivermectin was. They cooked the books on how many deaths there were so the hospitals could make money. They cooked the books on how effective the vaccine was. 
every single thing that was told to you by the government throughout the COVID pandemic, and it's still going on, much of it turned out to be lies. And much of it was intentional. They knew that the vaccine wasn't going to be effective. They knew it wouldn't stop transmission, but they told you it would. And that's going to tie in to what I'm talking about today, which is the use of ivermectin. Dr. Yusuf Solaby had practiced medicine for more than 30 years. He serves patients in South Carolina until recently had never faced an investigation from a state medical board. But after Solaby started prescribing ivermectin to his patients, he was reported to the board, which opened an investigation despite the state attorney's general promise that his office wouldn't prosecute doctors who prescribed off-label medications. Jennifer Wright, a nurse practitioner and clinical director who practices in Florida, but can prescribe across state lines, told the Epoch Times she received a letter from the Office of the Attorney General of New York ordering her to not prescribe ivermectin. You know, basically threatened me if I don't stop prescribing that they're going to fine me, Wright said about the letter, which threatened legal action with fines of up to $5,000 per violation. The letter stated that the Food and Drug Administration only authorized ivermectin for use in humans when treating parasitic worms and head lice and skin conditions like Garcia. This article continues. When asked about the FDA's new claim, Dark stated, they knew it was safe for humans. It's one of the safest drugs out there, literally, in huge doses. It is massively safe. And they knew it was safe. People could have been using it all along. How many lives were lost? because they wouldn't allow a safe, effective, inexpensive treatment. They knew it was safe for humans, and they made that very accusatory thing. If you were a doctor prescribing this, you were an idiot. You were practicing like a hillbilly. So that message was loud and clear. And the legacy media made sure to repeat that over and over again. So if the name Iver, it became stigmatized, where if you even brought up hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin, you were some sort of conspiracy, tinfoil hat-wearing idiot and then they would shame you and all of their useful idiots out there who promote their propaganda also shamed you dark referred to twitter posts from the fda an actual tweet from the fda you are not a horse you are not a cow seriously y'all stop it even though ivermectin has been approved for use in humans since 1987 nearly 50 years But they went there and said they told you it was for horses and cows and anybody who said otherwise was lying. It continues, when the the pandemic began, ivermectin as an effective treatment was primarily a theory. But as healthcare workers reported that it worked, more and more studies were conducted to back up those early successes. There have been 100, if someone tells you, oh, there's been no studies that ivermectin works, you can't prove it. Bullshit. And I've looked at most of them. There have been 189 ivermectin COVID-19 studies, according to the aggregate site c19ivm.org. Of those studies, 139 have been peer-reviewed. They're real. They've been peer-reviewed. And 93 compare treatment and control groups. In the 93 studies, which had more than 133,838 patients in 27 countries, there were statistically significant improvements 
are seen for mortality, ventilation, ICU admission, hospitalization, recovery cases, and viral clearance. A real-time meta-analysis states they have known this for two years. And yet, they wouldn't approve it for use to treat COVID. And they stigmatized the name and shamed those who brought it about. Let's hear what a few experts have to say. And this is, I'm going to use quite a few clips from this one video. I, I, you can check it out on Epoch Times. It's about ivervectin. The entire video is like 16 minutes. Really straightforward, really to the facts. I'm going to play you about four or five minutes of cuts from it just because I think it's valuable information. Check it out. For 35 years, ivermectin was hailed as a miracle drug. It had an incredible impact on millions of people's lives around the world who suffered from diseases like river blindness, scabies, and elephantiasis. Without side effects, mind you, and at an affordable price. The scientists who discovered it even won a Nobel Prize. Some doctors tried it during COVID, and the effect was profound. Not perfect, but look what happened in Peru. 14-fold decrease in excess deaths during the pandemic. But many governments are not allowing the people to use it. And today, we're going to try to answer why. Welcome to... 14% decrease in excess deaths. How about that? Crazy, right? People are dying like crazy here in the United States, and we wouldn't allow it to be used. Let's move right along here and check out the next clip. There is a drug that is proving to be of miraculous impact. Mountains of data have emerged from many centers and countries around the world showing the miraculous effectiveness of ivermectin. It basically obliterates transmission of this virus. If you take it, you will not get sick. This statement was made by Dr. Pierre Corey at the beginning of 2020. Dr. Corey and a group of other prominent doctors were among the first to develop an effective way to treat COVID-19 early into the pandemic using a cheap, FDA-approved generic drug called ivermectin. And this was at a time when the World Health Organization advised doctors not to treat COVID patients until the disease got serious. But these doctors found that in countries where ivermectin was used, death rates dropped dramatically. This was in clear contrast to the data coming from the US. The number of deaths here from COVID was one of the highest. And when these doctors shared their miraculous results of patients recovering from COVID with this simple medicine, the legacy media for some reason stigmatized and accused them of medical misinformation. And this cheap FDA-approved drug went from being a miracle to a dangerous horse dewormer. I had a front row seat to endless pervasive disinformation around ivermectin, and I will tell you they largely succeeded. In most of the advanced health economies around the world, it's not recommended. The misinformation was coming from the government. The misinformation was coming from the FDA, from Dr. Fauci, from the World Health Organization. People who had a vested interest in guess what? Big Pharma. And we're going to talk about that and we're going to present some information here today regarding Big Pharma and exactly what it was the driving force behind not only, not only ignoring, but also villainizing and put out all kinds of misinformation on effective treatments to COVID-19 that could have potentially saved millions of lives worldwide.
Now, this Dr. Corey, he's no slouch. All right, this guy was involved in some of the early uh, uses and, and promotion of the mobile ultrasound machine. There, there was a time when to get an ultrasound, you, it's like an x-ray. You had to, they had to put you on a stretcher and wheel you down to the basement in some dark corner and put you in a room and do an ultrasound, costing valuable time for diagnosis. They came up with a portable, portable machine. He was responsible for training emergency rooms and doctors throughout the country on how to use this great new piece of technology bedside in patients' rooms to save lives. So this guy, he's not some quack. He's a very highly renowned and well-respected doctor until he bucked the FDA and Dr. Fauci and promoted ivermectin. And over the past 30 years, some 3.7 billion doses of ivermectin were taken by humans. But the story doesn't stop there. Ivermectin wasn't just good at killing parasites. By the time of the COVID-19 pandemic, there was a growing body of evidence that ivermectin could be effective at treating viruses and inflammation. The inflammation part was very important because in severe cases, COVID can cause dangerous hyperinflammation in the body. And having an anti-inflammatory drug on hand was crucial. So a good number of doctors around the world began connecting the dots. The first study that mentioned ivermectin as a potential treatment for COVID-19 was conducted in Australia in April 2020. Researchers there injected ivermectin into infected kidney cells of monkeys. And they found that the drug was effective in very high doses. And a month after that, the government of Peru approved ivermectin to treat COVID-19 cool. for the entire country. After about a year, a nationwide study was conducted. It concluded that ivermectin in Peru led to a dramatic drop in excess death across a population of 33 million people. Within five months, from August to about December, deaths had a 14-fold decrease. Then a new president came to power and heavily restricted the use of ivermectin. <coughs> and Globalist. guess what happened? The excess death rate went right back up. So isn't that interesting? So they had a globalist come into power and he reversed the, the use of ivermectin and the death rate went right back up. Let's jump along here. So that's what happened in Peru. Over in Brazil, there was a similar story. An international team of researchers examined 88,000 patient records in the southern city. And their study concluded that Brazilians who regularly used ivermectin as a precautionary measure had a 92% lower mortality rate. One of the authors of this study is a prominent intensive care unit lung doctor from the US, Dr. Pierre Corey. We showed you him earlier. 92%. A large study in Brazil. There was information out there in 2020 that ivermectin was an effective therapeutic. That not only could it help people get over the disease faster, but it prevented them going to the ICU. It also helped prevent infection because it can be used as a preventative. If you, there are studies. If you take ivermectin as a preventative once a month, you're not going to get COVID. You're just not. 
Check this out. He's one of the founders of the Frontline COVID-19 Critical Care Alliance. Great website, check it out. The doctors here are dedicated to advancing COVID-19 treatment using ivermectin as the foundation. And the physicians who use ivermectin in their protocols allege incredible success in the thousands of patients that they treated. Dr. Benjamin Marble, for example, is an emergency medicine specialist in Florida. He alleges that his team has treated about 150,000 acute COVID-19 patients with treatment that involved ivermectin. Only six of those patients died. So if you put all of this together, you can see that there's strong evidence that ivermectin is effective in the early stage of COVID. It's effective whether it's pneumonia, and it's even effective in long haulers who continue to experience lingering symptoms. Yeah. How about that? So why aren't we using this thing? <clears throat> if it's so great and effective, you have to wonder, why aren't we using this? Uh, let's hear a couple of more clips here from the doc himself, Dr. Corey. The other side will argue, ah, oh, but these are the best trials. Every single one of this these is where it gets diabolical. massive pharma. Okay. This is where it gets really diabolical. And if you look, he's going to pay attention here. He's going to talk about the studies that were done by the FDA, who paid for them, and the, the, the uh, parameters that they used for the study, which completely flawed, completely destroyed any actual analysis. And they did it on purpose. They did it in order to put the worst light on ivermectin, the worst light on its effectiveness. Not only did they not do it, uh, did the study correctly and used skewed data because they manipulated it, they didn't use the right doses. They were using regular doses for ivermectin like you would for, for parasitical infections, you know, eight milligrams maybe a day, something like that. For COVID, you need to use up to 30 milligrams a day for a 170-pound man or woman. Because I think there's only two sexes, man and woman, right? Male, female. <laughs> Throw that in there. But up to 30 milligrams a day or more to be effective in treating COVID. They were using very small doses and they were measuring their, their, their uh, results on a time when a normal person would have already healed by themselves with or without the treatment. Anyway, check it out. Ties and funding conflict. They are all highly conflicted researchers who essentially make their living by working for or getting funding from pharma. And these are the people chosen to study a generic off-patent drug. I almost wanna leave my argument there because it's unassailable. You're literally using pharmaceutical industry employed investigators to study a competitor which would destroy the entire business model in COVID for these companies. As far as conflict of interest goes, this particular study had a lot to declare. The researchers were receiving funds from Gilead, which manufactures one of the few approved drugs for COVID treatment. They also received funding from Pfizer, which also has an FDA-approved COVID pill on the market. Merck and Regeneron were there too. These companies also have FDA-approved COVID treatments. So basically, at the time of this clinical trial, these researchers were paid by pharmaceutical companies who are directly competing against ivermectin. To Dr. Corey, this was immediately a red flag, so he took a closer look at the data in the report. 
So the pharmaceuticals, Big Pharma was paying for these st studies. God. They, at every turn, tried to use the lowest dose for the shortest duration, completely in departure compared to their favorite drugs. So when you look at drugs like Paxlovid and Molnupiravir, they give them to the patients early. They give them for prolonged durations, you know, and, and you can, and that's how they try to show efficacy. With these drugs, they do the exact opposite. It is so brazen, the manipulations that they're doing to try to mitigate any evidence of efficacy. And despite all of those efforts, and this is where it gets really crazy, they make all of these manipulations to the trials, and yet ivermectin still has good data behind it. Like even in the trials, you'll see high probabilities that it was effective. It doesn't cross their statistical significance threshold. Some of the times it comes just under, which is on purpose. But I mean, you just have to do a little bit more than a casual look at these trials to see the brazen manipulation. In terms of good data, the government trial on ivermectin Check this out. drug was actually statistically effective in the treatment of COVID on day seven and on day 14. But on day 28, it was ineffective. And the researchers decided to use this day as the day that measures whether ivermectin was effective or not. So they took a study and Day seven and day 14 showed ivermectin to be effective and day 28 did not. And they decided to use day 28 as a basis for their study and their results. Who has a cold after four weeks? You're pretty much over it, right? By that point, by day seven, day seven and day 14, you've still got it and, and the, the medication you're taking can still help. But by day 28, it's gone anyway. And they go on to explain this. If you have a viral infection, it lasts about two weeks at the most, that's 14 days. So by the fourth week, there's usually no viral symptoms for ivermectin to improve because the person has already recovered. So yes, in that case, you can say that ivermectin is ineffective on day 28, but that would be the case for any other drug that helped the patient to recover. Regardless, this clinical trial is like a federal verdict. It gives the FDA and the National Institutes of Health the grounds to recommend against the use of ivermectin to treat COVID. And because these federal agencies are against it, so are the medical boards across the country. And this puts some doctors at risk of losing their medical licenses if they go against the system consensus. It's, it's unfortunately, I see it as, as deeply and almost completely controlled by big pharma. To give you another perspective, here's an infographic that the Epoch Times put together on COVID-19 treatments Check this. in the U.S. All the treatments that have been approved by the FDA come with an expensive price tag. 3000 for remdesivir, up to 10000 for plasma, 4000 2000 and the medication that is not authorized on average costs under $60. And what's more, ivermectin is a safe drug with a 35-year track record, whereas many of these new drugs come with a big list of side effects. So you're starting to get the picture here, right? Well, if that were where it ended, it's just the fact that Big Pharma was funding the studies in ivermectin that would have competed with their patented drugs, a, non, a, a drug that was out of patent, it was super inexpensive, widely available, didn't have to go into mass manufacturing. The fact that Big Pharma was conducting those studies, that's just part of it. 
but it gets even more worse. More worse, is that a thing? Mm, I don't think it is. I think that was improper English. Shame on me. Before somebody calls me out. It's certainly diabolical. So where does it go from there? Well, let's check it out. First, let's jump in and look at a couple of memes. Well, Jesse Kelly, I love this guy. Uh, one of my favorite uh, podcasters and, and news people. Um, remember when the FDA called ivermectin horse dewormer and pharmacies refused to fulfill doctor's prescriptions for it? Yeah, all those people are guilty of murder. And I agree. Who's going to hold these people accountable? Somebody needs to hold these people accountable. You had a effective, safe, inexpensive, and readily available treatment to COVID available the entire time. And they kept it from you. Also, Big Pharma could get their money. And the irony is, and memes sometimes speak a thousand words, whoever makes them up. Imagine, if you will, that government did more to stop the distribution of ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine than they have fentanyl. Just imagine that. So why? Why, though? I mean, we understand that there's a lot of money in big pharma. We understand that they funded the studies. We This is all proven. This is factual. We know that big pharma stood to make a ton of money by developing therapeutics and more importantly than therapeutics, a vaccine. A vaccine that has proven to be a non-vaccine, a vaccine that does not stop transmission, it does not stop you from getting it. It does not stop you from being hospitalized or from dying. The majority of people contracting COVID and being hospitalized now is mostly, is the majority is among the vaccinated versus the non-vaccinated. Because those folks who are non-vaccinated, the pure bloods, so we have a thing called an immune system and natural immunity that is working quite well. In fact, it's working exactly the way God designed it to work. Whereas those who put an experimental vaccine into their body have affected their immune system to where it's become dependent on Mirna technology, which of course was the point all along. But I promise you that it was going to get more diabolical. And here's what I'm going to show you. Tony Fauci's problem is this. There is a little known federal law it says you cannot give an emergency use authorization to a vaccine if there is a medica any medication approved for any purpose that is shown effective against the target disease. So if Tony Fauci or anybody had admitted that hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin are effective against COVID, it would have been illegal for them to give the emergency use authorizations that to the vaccines and they could never have gotten them approved. And it would have been, a, you know, a 200 billion enterprise that would have collapsed. Dun, dun, dun. He's not the only guy to bring this up. So if ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine were declared uh, effective treatment for, for SARS-CoV-2, it would have invalidated the vaccine. The vaccines would not have been allowed to get an EUA. The suppression of early treatment through the press 
and through various government outlets, including the FDA, is a crime. We have a significant unnecessary burden of loss of life due to the withholding of early treatments, including treatment with hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin. It has caused unnecessary human death. We're so sort of hypnotized by those names, the New York Times, CNN. Poison control centers um, are reporting that their calls are spiking in places like Mississippi and Oklahoma. Uh, because some Americans are trying to use an anti-parasite horse drug horse called drug. ivermectin Fuck you. to treat coronavirus, to prevent Ugh. contracting coronavirus. Um, what would you tell someone uh, who is considering taking that drug? Don't do it. There's no evidence whatsoever that that works and it could potentially have toxicity, as you just mentioned, with people who have gone to poison control centers because they've taken the drug at a ridiculous dose and wind up getting sick. There's no clinical evidence that indicates that this works. While the mainstream media condemns the use of ivermectin, the most populated state in India just declared they are officially COVID-free after promoting widespread use of the safe, proven medicine. As we sit here today, my estimates are 95% of Americans who have died of COVID-19 and we're approaching nearly a million of these poor souls. And tens of millions of hospitalizations could have been avoided with a comp- Millions. Tens of millions of hospitalizations could have potentially been avoided. 95% of deaths could have been avoided. But that wasn't in the cards because you see, they couldn't get the vaccine approved for emergency use if there was any, any drug, any drug that's been approved for any purpose, which would include ivermectin, which has been approved for treatment in parasites and some other viral issues. If that had been shown to be effective in the treatment of COVID, they would have never been able to approve the emergency use of a vaccine. The vaccine would have never been approved. The $200 billion that Big Pharma made from a forced vaccination upon an entire population would never have existed. That's quite the motivator, don't you think? And Dr. Fauci was right at the front of it. He sat there and lied like he has over and over again. He lied about the masks. He lied about the vaccine. And he lied about the fact that there was, he, there's no evidence that ivermectin is effective. It's dangerous. No, you're dangerous, Fauci. You are public enemy number one. Because of you, millions of people died worldwide that did not need to. Their families lost husbands, wives, daughters, sons, children. Wounds that they'll be dealing with for the rest of their lives because of your arrogance, because of your greed. Here's the none better take of the day. I'm going to start 
this with where I began. What if I told you there was a safe, effective, readily available, and very inexpensive treatment that would have saved millions of lives worldwide and tens of millions of hospitalizations throughout the COVID pandemic? What if I told you there was a treatment that was there the entire time, a treatment that was demonized, it was stigmatized, that legacy media took their talking points from the government and took it out there and discredited doctors, renowned doctors, respected doctors, treatments like ivermectin. What if I told you that studies were rigged in the United States to make ivermectin look bad when they use the stats from the 28th day versus the 7th or 14th day? Because that's what they did. And then they told you it was ineffective. Meanwhile, countries like Peru and Brazil were using it to very high effectiveness, as well as India. But what do you have to lose? What do you have to lose? It's an extremely safe, Medication. It's been being used since 1987. The people who developed it won a Nobel Peace Prize. It's very inexpensive. It's readily available. It doesn't have to go into mass manufacturing. There's tons of it out there already. What did they have to lose by using it? It wasn't going to hurt anybody. And it could very much it could have very well helped. Which is what, in hindsight, you can say happened. It did help. It could have helped a lot more. So why? Well, of course it's money. Of course it's big pharma. Of course it's the fact that the vaccine would have never been approved for emergency use because there's a law. There's a law. If there is any drug that's been approved for any purpose, that proves to be effective against a disease, then the FDA cannot provide emergency authorization for a vaccine. So you see, they couldn't admit that ivermectin worked. They couldn't admit that hydroxychloroquine worked. They couldn't do that because if they did, they would have never got the vaccine. A $200 billion windfall for the pharmaceuticals would have never happened. People have blood on their hands. Families have suffered. People have died needlessly. And left behind those that will be dealing with it for the rest of their lives. Sons, daughters, husbands, fathers, children. An extended family. It's criminal. People need to be held accountable for this travesty. Thanks for watching. This has been The Nun Report. If you're just listening on the radio, renegaderadio.com or any of the podcast sites that I'm on, I'm on all of them. Make sure you check me out on rumble.com slash The Nun Report. You can check out all the charts, all the information, all the videos I showed and, and you can see it in living color. You can also check me out on all the socials at The Nun Report except TikTok because I don't do that commie BS. Or just go to my website, thenunreport.com. One click, one stop shop. Just you can find everything right there. Anyway, hey, 
as always, thanks again for watching. And may the odds be ever in your favor. Cheers. <laughs>